Martin in real time. Avi Bernard here with you every Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific. Let's get you caught up. At midnight, the United Auto Workers Union officially went on strike against the big three automakers. Members walked out at three plants, a GM site in Wentzville, Missouri, a Stellantis sensor in Toledo, Ohio, and a Ford assembly location in Wayne, Michigan. Donald Trump warned that auto, uh, that U.S. auto workers' jobs will move to China and accused the United Auto Workers' leadership of failing its members. President Joe Biden said today he hopes the United Auto Workers Union and the big three auto companies return to the negotiating table to forge a win-win agreement. Biden said, quote, no one wants a strike, but I respect workers' right to use their options under the collective bargaining system, close quote. Biden said he understands workers' frustration and stressed that the record profits auto companies have earned have not been shared fairly with those workers in his view. Donald Trump said Thursday that he did not order a Mar-a-Lago staffer to delete security video at the center of an investigation into whether he mishandled classified documents. Trump told Meet the Press moderator Kristen Welker, quote, that's false, but more importantly, the tapes weren't deleted. There was nothing done to them, and they were my tapes. I could have fought them. I didn't even have to give them the tapes, I don't think, close quote. Pressed about whether he would testify to that under oath, Trump said, sure, I'm going to testify. Three Democratic members of the Senate Armed Services Committee are asking Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin for answers about whether Elon Musk or other commercial satellite providers disabled or restricted the Ukrainian military's access to communication networks and whether the Defense Department has the authority to intervene. In a new biography of uh, Elon Musk, journalist Walter Isaacson reports that late last year, Musk prevented the Ukrainian armed forces from using Starlink satellite communication terminals to mount an attack on Russian ships in Russian-held southern Ukraine. Surveillance video captured the Beetlejuice musical in Denver on Sunday. Uh, Captured during the Beetlejuice musical in Denver on Sunday appears to show Rep. Lauren Boebert, Republican of Colorado, vaping inside the theater, which contradicts her aide's claim that the smoke was emitted from fog machines. The video, obtained by NBC affiliate KUSA of Denver, shows Bobert sitting in the theater, raising one of her hands to her face, and then a puff of smoke comes out of her mouth toward the person in front of her. The woman sitting behind Bobert leaned in to speak to her, and reporting said that the woman was pregnant and asked that Bobert stop vaping, which of course the congresswoman refused to do. Bobert was ultimately escorted out of the performance Sunday night for disruptive behavior while screaming, Do you know who I am? Republicans in Wisconsin are threatening to remove from office the newly elected state Supreme Court Justice Janet Protasiewicz if she refuses to recuse herself from cases involving gerrymandering. The effort comes on the heels of Republicans in the state in the state Senate advancing a move to oust the state's top elections official, which they have now done. The efforts to remove Protasiewicz and the Wisconsin Elections Commission Administrator Megan Wolf from office have been decried by Democrats and government watchdog groups as undemocratic and could affect the administration of elections in 2024. Protosiewicz won her election in April in a landslide, an uncommon victory in Wisconsin where statewide elections are often determined by narrow margins. Minnesota Vikings running back Alexander Madison was subjected to hate speech on social media after Thursday's 34-28 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. 
On his Instagram stories, Madison posted multiple screenshots of messages he received with racist language calling him the N-word and telling him to kill himself. And late breaking news this afternoon, federal prosecutors have asked the judge overseeing Donald Trump's indictment on charges of conspiring to overturn the 2020 election to impose a narrowly tailored gag order on him, citing his near daily social media attacks on numerous people involved in the case. The request was made to Judge Tanya Chutkin, who has herself, of course, been the subject of some of Trump's verbal assaults. When we come forward, we're going to be talking to KBLA sports reporter Ray Richardson about these athletes who just can't not hit their spouse or their significant other, rather. They just can't refrain from doing it, even if it means blowing up their whole career over it. Kevin Porter Jr. of the Houston Rockets, serious charges of assault against uh, against his significant other, including uh, fracturing a vertebrae in her neck. And, of course, Julio Arias of the Dodgers has had his locker removed and murals of him around the stadium removed after a second credible accusation of domestic violence, this time a felony. We're going to talk about that with Ray Richardson uh, when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. And it's the Friday edition of Ariva Martin in Real Time. Avi Bernard with you, and I am very pleased to be joined by KBLA sports reporter Ray Richardson. No debates, no speculation, just the info you need. Welcome to the show, Ray. Hey, Avi, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, doing great. Glad to have you on the show as usual, and I wanted to talk to you about uh, these situations with athletes just uh, unable to manage. Man, it's just it's a it's a rough life out here. It's so hard not to hit your girlfriend. It's so hard that it's it's worth to some people throwing their entire professional sports career away, and that is apparently the case with, as we talked about on the show last week, Julio Urias of the Dodgers, and now Kevin Porter Jr. of the Houston Rockets. So, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, he's been he was arrested on charges of felony assault and strangulation related to the beating of his girlfriend and he uh prosecutors say that he punched his girlfriend with an open with an open fist and didn't stop until she ran into the hallway bloodied uh, of the uh millennium millennium hilton hotel in manhattan and she also allegedly had uh a, a fractured vertebrae as a result of the attack and Kevin Porter has a history of violence. He um, he has a contract, and he uh, he's supposed to be paid about sixteen million dollars this year, and it's the mm. first year of a four-year, eighty-two million-dollar deal. And three of those years are non-guaranteed. But what is guaranteed about three of those years is that he's not going to make any money. But uh, I want to get your top-line thoughts on this, Ray. It's, it's frustrating, particularly in the uh, Kevin Porter Jr. case. He's This is not the first time he's been involved in something like this. And I'm just curious about why he hasn't been held more accountable before now. The, the fact that his girlfriend has such a serious injury at this point, um, a fractured vertebrae is a, is a very serious injury, and that's almost – one step from being paralyzed. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's gone to this extent and he hasn't been called in on it or called out on it or at least reprimanded um, is, is a concern that, you know, a lot of people feel like athletes are always given um, 
special treatment and the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's 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 uh, beginning to you know for a lot of people, it's beginning to get the realization that if you're an athlete, you can get away with certain things uh, until something really goes down wrong. And now that this situation has escalated to the point of this young lady having this serious injury, I hope that this kid doesn't play ball again at all because he needs to focus more himself and figure out some of the the issues and the symptoms that he has as an abuser. Somebody's going to wind up really, you know, becoming a fatality because of his behavior. And hopefully this is a wake-up call for him and his family and who's ever managing his affairs, they need to really get him on point before, you know, somebody loses his life. And it's sad that this young lady got hurt like this, but this this should be the wake-up call to get him straightened out. And if if it doesn't happen now, uh, it might not. Yeah, right. If it doesn't happen now, then, then who knows what he'll do next. Uh, and I got to thank our, uh, our engineer, Andy, for sending me this, this long list of of Kevin Porter Jr.'s misconduct. 2019, yeah. suspended by USC where he went to college for personal conduct issues. The exact reasons were not disclosed. 2020, he was accused of punching a woman. Charges were not pressed. Also in 2020, he was arrested for handling firearms in a vehicle, marijuana possession and driving without a license. That's a little bit less serious to me. Um, 2021, verbal altercation with Cavs, the Cavaliers GM for moving his locker. Of all the things, he was then traded to Houston. Uh, in 2021, um, sustained minor injuries in a Miami strip club altercation. And, and I heard about that when I think he like smashed a DJ's laptop or something. Uh, in, in 2022, last year, dispute with Rockets coach John Lucas at halftime, in which he angrily left mid-game. And this year, felony assault and strangulation charge. So... How has how has he avoided how has he avoided uh, um, accountability for so long? And and before uh, you answer, Ray, I just got to give a shout out to those joining us on YouTube. What's up to Forrest Harris, Forrest Harrison, and Pretty Brown Mimi? Thanks for for hanging out with us on on the KBLA YouTube channel. But uh, but Ray, how has how has Kevin Porter Jr. avoided accountability this long? Well, there, there's some people who feel like uh, because you're an athlete, you you should be given, you know, some extra service or extra treatment <laughs> um, to to try to deal with some things, and and it, it hasn't worked with this kid. And it's just sad that the the plan of of trying to rehabilitate him has has failed tremendously. That. Now you got a young lady whose mobility might be affected. You know, hopefully that she'll be okay. Um, but this is this is kind of like the norm for athletes. Um, people tend to treat them differently for some reason, and that's got to stop. I, I know that there's been athletes who've had troubles before, but it seems like the the better athlete you are. <laughs> the more you can, you know, get away from things and, and get things done for you to stay out of trouble. I'm not I'm not trying to put uh, any shade on Kevin Porter's ability, but well, I'm a little you, surprised. That the, no, it's not. It's, but I'm a little surprised that he 
he's been able to avoid, um, you know, accountability for all this many infractions and still have a career because if you are a marginal player, you 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 pretty much drop right away if you do something that's breaking team rules or team policy. Teams don't want to put up with you, mm-hmm. but teams tend to teams tend to tolerate you a little bit more if you are a good player or a great player and you've got some value. I'm not sure what Kevin Porter Jr.'s value is. I know he's <laughs> been in the league right, four years, right, right. Um, but I just don't see him. He's not an all-star. He's never been an all-star. No. And I I just don't know why he's falling through the cracks, like you mentioned, without being you know held accountable. It's, that's that's uh, troubling for me to see that him see all these things you mentioned. And I knew, I've heard those things that you mentioned, and yet he's still – you know, has a um, a, a big time NBA contract. That's not a good mix. That's 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 not right. Candy, you were uh, you were saying something I couldn't quite get. What what was uh what were you saying, Candy Andy? No, I was just saying that um I think some of those uh, previous offenses. You know, he you could say he was a minor. He was young. You know what I mean? Like he was not twenty one. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why. You know, I think grace was kind of given to him. Because okay. of his age. Okay. And uh yeah, maybe. And but to your point, Ray, he he's not that good. I mean, he's all right. You know, I, I don't know that he's worth the four year eighty two million dollar contract that he has currently that he's not gonna be able to, to play out because he he's such an unbelievable mess. And so yeah, I, I don't I as as you're saying, you know, the the better you are, the more you can get away with because teams will do more to protect you. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just imagine, you know, someone like LeBron James. If, if he were to to get in trouble, then teams would do anything to to cover up for him because he he's one of the best players of all time, and they need him. And especially at at the height of his career, single handedly, he makes you a championship contender. And so teams would do anything to to keep him on their team. Obviously, LeBron has never had those issues, which makes him even more remarkable as a person and as mm-hmm. a player. At, since he's been in the spotlight since he was in high school, he's never had any of these issues. No problems. True. And True. and so with with Kevin Porter Jr., he's just a he's a, a I mean a regular player to me. As you said, I mean, what are they what are they doing? Why y'all could and and now I'm just seeing the news that the Rockets are trying to trade him. They're trying to trade him. Like, who's going to take that deal? It's so it's so ridiculous. But um, I also want to talk about with you, Ray, uh, Julio Urias of the Dodgers. Now, in 2019, he was charged with misdemeanor domestic violence, and the 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 story that was told by both him and his significant other were that he tried to grab her wrist and she slipped, and so. That's what happened, and you know she fell, and that was the story they gave. And Julio was suspended twenty games by Major League Baseball, and now he uh, is facing uh, a felony domestic uh, violence charge. The Dodgers have removed his locker. He is on administrative leave they, because of rules relating to the Major League Baseball Players Association. You can't just cut players because of allegations, so. They, uh, the, but Major League Baseball placed him on administrative leave, and the Dodgers have they've cleared out his locker. They they made it clear that they don't want him back. 
what do you make of the Julio Arias situation? Uh, and and do you think he'll ever play Major League Baseball again? I doubt it. Um, I seriously doubt he'll pitch again, at least not for for the Dodgers. That uh, that explanation you mentioned that they offered about her slipping and falling, I hadn't heard that before. But that uh, that is almost irrational to even try to <laughs> try to process. Well, yeah, that that um, was the first that was the first allegation. That was the one from 2019. Yeah. Oh, 2019. Okay. Well, the incident that happened outside BMO Stadium, there were people who saw what was happening mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and. What they saw was so alarming that they called uh, security to try to protect the young lady from getting uh, beat down even further. So I'm not sure uh, what explanation they tried to give for that one, but this is number two for him. And the the fact that he was still able to to develop his career after the first incident like that, there were warning signs. And this is a similarity with him and Kevin Porter Jr. There were warning signs to people that there's a potential problem there. And it seemed like there's been some failure to address that. And when you don't address something like this in the beginning, then you see these other things that happen that are more serious. Who knows uh, what could have happened with that incident if no one had stepped up to alert authorities Mm. that the lady was in trouble with him. Mm. Um, it's it's obvious that the Dodgers are cutting ties with him. They may not be saying it officially, but though their actions prove <laughs> that they are just trying to move on from this guy, and he will probably never wear a Dodgers uniform again, and he shouldn't. I mean, just look at the the situation they're dealing with with Trevor Bauer. Um, yeah. They are nowhere near letting him come back. Oh no! And he he's steady saying that he's innocent and. Uh, whatever he was doing with uh, with these women was consensual, but the Dodgers cannot afford that kind of PR and that kind of publicity. If they're doing that to Trevor Bauer, uh, you can pretty much count um, Julio Arias not coming back. And when they move your locker out, that's as good a sign as any that uh, you're done. Right. Uh, when you get involved with domestic situations uh, with females, uh, uh, the the way the climate is now with this Me Too movement, a lot of pro teams just cannot afford that kind of baggage. And and I, I'm surprised that guys aren't being a lot more smart about how they handle themselves in, in public and private. So many so many teams and, and organizations, I don't know if Major League Baseball does it, but rookies have these symposiums in the NFL to learn how to act and how to handle situations. They do it in the NBA. I don't know if Major League Baseball does it, but if they're not doing it, they need to. They need to do the same thing that baseball and bat- and football and basketball are doing to try to get ahead of these situations with the youngsters before all that money starts coming in and, you know, before they start making irrational decisions because of the money they're making. And a lot of these times these things happen because guys think they're beyond reproach. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can buy my way out of this. So I got an attorney who can do this and do that. Well, I think those days are over. Um, I, I got a feeling now the word is out that if you, you know, you do something with a woman you're not supposed to do, you're going to pay for it, and, and not just money, but with your career as well. Yeah, yeah. Not only uh, is Julio not going to wear a Dodger uniform, I would be surprised if he wore any Major League Baseball uniform. Candy, Andy, what's up? I feel like this might be a little bit controversial, but I feel like, you know, if you're a young athlete, stay away from the women, man. Like, focus on your craft. 
don't get it don't get involved in any type of relationship because these cats just don't know how to handle their emotions yeah i think and and that that i think leads to that speaks to the larger issue andy which i think is anger management that a lot of a lot of young men probably need to undergo so um i just uh i I think it's i think it's sad man And, and and if and if we don't address these things as you said ray if we don't address these things early then they're going to get out of control and and then the problem is not going to be fixed it's going to get worse and that's why you know if we were to not address the situation with someone like john moran who has done something far less egregious than this of course but uh, if we don't if we don't get on him about and, and tell him like yo this is wrong and i, I, I he should learn his lesson he lost 60 million dollars john Morant, because of you know of his his conduct and hopefully now he's learned his lesson. But anything else you want to say to, to kind of wrap up this conversation, Ray? You know what? The, that money you just mentioned is part of the problem. You know, he lost 60, John Moran lost $60 million and maybe a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. To, to, to the average person, you would think that's all the alarm you need <laughs> to straighten up. Yeah. You would think that if somebody would say, well, can I afford to lose $60 million and still be happy? Well, that $60 million is not going to really affect John Moran's bank account that much. I mean, he's he's probably going to miss it. But will that be enough of a deterrent to to keep him from further incidents? We don't know that yet. I mean, it's just just so much money these guys are being thrown thrown at that they feel like, well, I may lose a little few dollars here, a few dollars there. But what's, what's the difference? That 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 money is just is just creating a lot of these really really bad situations. Guys think they can overcome it, they can buy the way out of it, and there's more money coming, they'll be fine. With that mentality out there, um, I'm surprised we haven't seen more. And you know what? There have been there have been more situations like that. We just haven't heard about it. And yeah. some people are a lot more discreet about it. Trust me, uh, John Moran. Trevor Bauer, Julio Reyes are not the only guys out there who've had these kind of issues. Oh, uh, no. They're just getting blown up about it. Oh, yeah, and uh, obviously Kevin Porter Jr. And so we're just about out of time. And, and you said $60 million can't, can't, really do, can't really do much to harm John Morant. That reminds me of a Jay-Z line. Uh, I lost $30 million, so I spent another 30 because unlike Hammer, $30 million can't hurt me. Wow. So, uh, wow. so Ray Richardson, host of Saturday Night's Out of Bounds right here on KBLA Talk 1580. Thanks so much for the time. I always appreciate your perspective. And thanks a lot for having me. You guys have a good weekend. All right, you too, Ray. Take care. When we come forward, we're going to be talking to Valeria Esparza Chavez, head of uh, home lending for the Hispanic segment of Wells Fargo. We're going to talk about uh, the disadvantage that, uh, that minorities face when trying to buy homes. And homes are quite the commodity, very difficult to buy right now, especially with interest rates going to have that conversation when we come forward right after this news traffic and sports update on KBLA Talk 1580. It's a Friday edition of Reva Martin in real time. Avi Bernard with you every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific. Thank you for listening to us on 1580 a.m. here in Los Angeles on the free KBLA app and listening to and watching us on YouTube. You can watch us live on YouTube and uh, we are very pleased to be joined by Valeria Esparza Chavez, head of home lending uh, for the Hispanic segment of Wells Fargo. Valeria, welcome. Oh, Valeria, I'm sorry. Valeria, Thanks. right? Yes, yes, Avi. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's a privilege to be here having this conversation with you and with your listeners. 
Well, we're grateful to have you. Um, so uh, you're you're putting on an event, and uh, I just I was uh, I, I want to start the conversation by just you telling us what the event is and when it is. Yes, absolutely. So tomorrow morning, we will be at Sola Beehive, uh, which is located on 1000 East 60th Street. And we are having a breakfast and advancing homeownership fair. And the event is really to empower our community with information about the home buying process. Uh, we are going to be there with uh, many of the local nonprofit organizations, community-based organizations, HUD counseling agencies to really connect our community to all of the amazing programs that are available and opportunities to help our communities increase home ownership in the current environment. So uh, what do you think about home ownership on the whole uh, in terms of uh, relating it related to or um, or as opposed to uh, renting? You know, the economy is is up and down. Um, right. But rent rental costs are, are always rising, especially here in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So uh, what do you think about renting versus buying right now? Yes, Avi, I get that question a lot. And we do know that safe and affordable housing is really a key pillar to accessing that American dream. It's a way for families to create generational wealth which is uh, something that's very important to our uh, historically underserved communities, as we know that there exists a racial wealth gap in America. And so homeownership is really, it's a critical lever that we have in order to increase generational wealth and really close the, the, the wealth gap. Um, and then with regards to, you know, should I buy or should I rent? That's a question that I get a lot, uh, uh, Avi, and it really depends on the family. Um, you know, there are instances where maybe renting makes more sense if you're moving around or, you know, maybe not sure if you're staying in Los Angeles and planning on uh, perhaps relocating somewhere else. But for the families that are really looking to settle down and be here for a long term, then um, buying may make the most sense. And so um, it's really important for our families to empower ourselves with the information and knowing what our unique situation has, you know, how much we can afford, mm -hmm. um, you know, our own personal situation when it comes to credit, our debt to income ratio, all those different portions of making essentially what is a what is the largest financial decision that a family can make in our entire lifetimes. And so empowering ourselves with information is so important. And that's why we're going to be at Sola Beehive tomorrow morning, 10 in the morning. We're going to serve free breakfast. And we really invite for everyone who's listening here today, we want to provide this information to you. And we're going to be there with all of the local nonprofit organizations and other trade organizations to share this information with our community and really uh, provide this awareness about what's available. It is really uh, difficult when a lot of the times the information doesn't get to our communities. And so that's another barrier that we have. And that's why at Wells Fargo we're real, really focused on doing the, these programs uh, all over the country. And we're coming here to, uh, to Sola Beehive tomorrow morning here in Los Angeles, California at 10 in the morning. And so 
I invite everyone to come, bring your family, your friends, and uh, Avi, and if, you know, the community, the listeners are homeowners themselves, it's still important to share this very powerful information with our nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, cousins, everyone, right? And then, of course, if you're renting, consider your options. Don't assume that you're not ready because a lot of the times when we talk to families, they may be closer than they think. So, uh, Valeria, the the advancing homeownership fairs, they are um, they're supposed to help uh, people of color, uh, black people, Latinos, including Afro-Latinos, to, um, mm-hmm. to kind of prepare for homeownership. But why is it that, that people of color uh, have been at a disadvantage when it comes to buying homes? That's a great question. And yes, the, our advancing homeownership fairs are community. It's just for all of our communities. So, um, yes, we are definitely really focusing on doing outreach and historically underserved communities. We know that there are systemic barriers because there are gaps in homeownership rates. And a lot of that has to do with historical systemic reasons um, that communities have been left out. And um, we want to ensure that we're working across the industry with uh, the industry, governmental, local stakeholders in markets across the country so that we can really focus on lending to traditionally underserved communities by removing some of those systemic impediments. And one of the systemic impediments is the awareness around what is available for our families and um, providing that information so people understand and have access to all of the options and resources that are available. So this these fairs are available to anyone who wants to attend, but definitely we want to ensure that we do more outreach in historically underserved communities. And that's why we'll be at Sola Beehive tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock in the morning at 1000 East 60th Street here in Los Angeles, California. It's a free event. We're going to serve breakfast and we just want to see as many people as possible and just have a conversation with you. Sit down with our experts, learn more about your own personal uh, situation when it comes to the home buying process. And we're here to really empower ourselves so that we can make this dream of home ownership a reality. So I love that that you're providing more information to the community, especially doing it for free. Um, I have to ask, though, can't we say that you know banks, large banks like Wells Fargo, have been part of the problem in the past? And is is that the reason why Wells Fargo is now undertaking efforts like this? What's more, most important is that for us to address that there are systemic barriers across the industry, and more importantly, that Wells Fargo, as the largest bank home, morg- ori- home mortgage originator for the past decade to Hispanic, Black, African-American communities, we have been the largest lender in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we've demonstrated a long-term commitment to developing solutions so that we can help to close the gap and contribute to more a more inclusive housing system. And so um, I'm on the diverse segments team. We have an entire dedicated team across our country that works tirelessly day in and day out so that we can advance products, programs, and this outreach is another 
part of what we do. And just we're just so excited to be here tomorrow. We're hosting these fairs because we believe that we can advance homeownership in communities of color that have been historically underserved and left out. So can you tell us... Um what do the statistics say about the percentage of minority homeowners uh, in the Los Angeles area right now? How are blacks, Hispanics, and Afro-Latinos doing in terms of ownership right now? Well, there has been progress in terms of homeownership um, in the California area, but it's still very low. So um, when we're looking overall, you know, minority homeownership rate in Los Angeles, you're looking at about 30 30%. Black homeownership rate about 27%, Hispanic homeownership rate about 28.8%, um, compared to over 43% of the white non-Hispanic population. And so we live in a majority uh, minority area, and we have to do better. We have to do better, Avi. And again, that's why we are so focused and intentional of doing our outreach, working in our communities. Um, we're going to have our team on the ground there tomorrow morning to have a conversation. Um, you know, they can do a, just sit down and have a consultation with the mem- the community members that come out, the families. There's, of course, no obligation, but just having a, a chance to get an idea of what are our options. That's so important, right? Mm-hmm. And not assuming that maybe it's just completely out of reach. And that's something right. that is near and dear to my heart because sometimes we may make assumptions and I know I've been in that situation before, um, you know, personally for myself, you know, when I was looking at buying a home, I was in my 20s and I didn't think it was possible. And thanks to down payment assistance, I was able to uh, become a homeowner because of down payment assistance programs that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And there are hundreds of thousands of dollars in down payment assistance in this area that can truly make a difference for maybe a family that may assume that they're not ready or maybe they don't have enough money saved. Um, and then, of course, there's so much diversity within our communities. Um, you know, we have so many varying uh, ver- variety or uh, so much uh, variance in terms of our income, et cetera. And so it's just so important to um, learn about what is available, what's out there. And um, like I said, homeownership is a powerful lever for us to close the racial wealth gap in America. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just to be clear, so when you say that there are, that let's say uh, black people have a home ownership rate of 27%, that means that about 73% of black people do not own homes uh, in this area. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big number. Um, that's a very that big number. That is a number. big number. So when we come forward, um, Valeria, I want to ask you about credit and whether, you know, I know that, uh, as you were saying, you know, you you at one point thought, you know, maybe I can't do this and maybe I can't afford it. And and just knowing your options mm-hmm. is really important because I, I remember having those thoughts, too, before I became a homeowner. And I, I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. I, and, and a lot of for a long time, those thoughts prevented me from even looking into the possibility. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and that sometimes we can hold ourselves back because we don't have all the information. So I want to talk about that when we come forward right here on KBLA Talk 1580. And it's Ariva Martin Real Time, the Friday edition. I'm here with you, Avi Bernard, every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. And we are pleased to be joined by Valeria Esparza Chavez, head of home lending for the Hispanic segment of Wells Fargo. And we're talking about home ownership in the Los Angeles community, specifically relating to 
the black and brown communities within Los Angeles. And uh, they have a Wells Fargo that is has an advancing home ownership fair tomorrow. And we're talking about uh, the, the benefits of, of learning the information uh, about what it is to, to be a homeowner, what it takes to become a homeowner. And uh, as we were saying before we stepped aside, I myself was very skeptical before I bought a home um, that I could. You know, I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if I can. And then I, I need this much money. And then but there are there are so many programs in which you can, you know, pay a lower down payment and uh, and, and it makes a big difference. And, and once you get in, it, it really does change your life because once you own that home, as long as you can afford the payments, and that's the big thing, I, I would never encourage someone to to get into a situation where that would make them stressed out or that would, you know, that would really strain them and, and that they weren't able to sustain. Um, but when you, when you do, when you break down the numbers, a lot of times, especially in LA, when you're, when you're paying a mortgage, it's going to be the same amount or less than you would be paying for rent. And you're going mm-hmm. to be, and you're going to be accumulating a lot of that money, uh, in return when you, when you're renting, you might as well burn that money because you're never getting it back. Mm-hmm. When you're, when you mm-hmm. own a home, then you're getting equity in that home and your home is appreciating. So while you're living there, you're, you're, you're just, it's, it's like a forced savings account that has a high interest rate, basically. Uh, in my opinion, I'm not a financial expert, but just in my opinion, that's what it's like to own a home. But Valeria, I wanted to ask you, um, for someone who thinks that maybe their credit isn't that good or their credit is even bad and they don't have money for a down payment, mm-hmm. should they take the time to come down to, to the Advancing Home Ownership Fair? Avi, I think it's so important to really sit down and learn about our credit and what our credit score may be. And going back on our conversation about maybe making an assumption, and I'll share um, personally, um, you know, prior to purchasing a home, I had um, co-signed for one of my friends, and that ended up being a ding on my credit. And so I, I had some challenges, you know, personally. And um, when I sat down, you know, with an expert, looked at what I had to do in order to improve that credit score, because a credit score is just a snapshot in time. It's going to change from day to day. And that's one thing that, especially if we may have been in a situation where, you know, perhaps credit is not as good, with time, it will improve, especially if we're being intentional with it. And so, it's really important for us to sit down with uh, an expert that can um, address, you know, what are some of the things that we can do if we have had perhaps credit score um, issues in the past, but um, are intentional to inc- improve that credit score. And again, you know, tomorrow we're going to be at Sola Beehive. It's a wonderful venue, uh, 1000 East 60th Street, Los Angeles, California at 10 in the morning. It's a free event. And uh, we want to sit down and, and talk to you, see what it will take. Um, even though, uh, you know, credit may be an issue, we can help connect you to the local resources that can sit down and, you know, work with you as you improve your credit, if that's a, a, an area um, to enhance. And there's always hope for that credit to be better. I learned from that mistake, Gavi. Um, never again, right, to ever co-sign for anyone 
Um, and Ooh, I was really yeah. young, right? It's um, dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. And, it is you know, really and, dangerous. And we want to help our friends out. You know, we want to help our friends out. Yes. Maybe, maybe uh, you have good credit and your friend doesn't and they have they have an apartment they really want to rent or, you know, a car that they really want to purchase. And, you know, you want to help your friends out, but it just it can really affect your life. And so uh, right. whether or not you, you co-sign for someone, I'm not going to advise whether to do that or not, but just know that it can be devastating if you do mm-hmm. it and it's um and and your friend turns out to to not be able to to handle the payment or whatever it is that they're 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 buying. Right. It's a that's a that's crucial. But what where uh, is there a website that we can uh, learn more about the fair tomorrow? So um, you can go to the Sola Beehive website and um, our event is posted there under events. So that would be um, the best area where we have um, we have a flyer that's out there, or just come down tomorrow at ten in the morning uh, at Sola Beehive. It's in um, off of South Central Avenue um, in the South Los Angeles uh, area, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be a beautiful event. You know, family friendly. Bring your kids. Uh, we're going to have activities for the kids, and again, we just want to empower our communities. Uh, and continue to make progress um, so that more people can attain homeownership. For anyone who's hopeful, um, who has that goal and has hope to become a homeowner, um, this is an opportunity for us to demystify the process. There's so many myths uh, out there. And um, and there's also a lot of programs that are available. Even if you don't have a perfect credit score, there's so many programs, VA programs, FHA programs. Um, if you're a union member, there are programs um, and a lot of benefits. And so um, knowledge and um, taking the time to get informed is the first step. And that's why we're here tomorrow morning at 10. And uh, give us the address one more time. It's 1000 East 60th Street, Los Angeles, California, and it's at Sola Beehive. All right, Valeria Esparza Chavez, thank you so much. Is there uh, is there a social media handle that we can keep up with you or the work you're doing? Um, yes, well, you can. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the best <laughs> area um, for the gr- the uh, all the work media? that we're doing. <laughs> Yes, it is the grown-up social media, but you can find me, Valeria Esparza Chavez, um, on LinkedIn, and you can also, if you have any additional questions, you can go to wellsfargo.com backslash mortgage, um, but, you know, definitely find me on LinkedIn. I do have a social media, but I'm not, I don't post too much um, on that personal one, so um, please reach out to us. No worries. And, I just want uh, to give you the hope- opportunity to, to, to share it if you yeah, want to. That's all. So, <laughs> I need to get more active on social. No pressure. No <laughs> but, pressure uh, at all. Yes. Yes. But please share this. Uh, we, we, we want, we want to see everyone and, and, and please invite your family and friends. And we look forward to see every, seeing everyone tomorrow morning at 10. Valeria Esparza Chavez. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much and have a wonderful evening. Yeah. Take care. And have a great event and a great weekend. Uh, so when we come forward, uh, normally I would be saying goodbye at this time, but not today. I'm going to stick around and I'm going to walk you through the latest in entertainment news. I'll be sitting in for Robin Ayers and the Raw Report coming up next here at 6 o'clock. We're going to talk about 21 Savage. Should he be deported for having an, an affair? That's on the table. And why do all these coaches continue to hate on Dion? I don't get it. I don't get it. We're going to talk about that with 
uh, with our multimedia journalist contributor, uh, Neil Anderson, is going to be joining us, and she is she is full of knowledge and uh, experience in the entertainment industry. We're going to get into that right after this news, traffic, and sports update on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA.